Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. The global personalized nutrition market is projected to double over the next few years, going from $8 billion in 2020 to $16 billion by 2025. That's according to a Markets and Markets report. And earlier this year in January, the National Institute of Health announced that it has committed $170 million over the next five years to fund a study into how genetics and other factors can inform personalized nutrition recommendations. One company that has its pulse on personalized nutrition is Kina. Joining me now is the company's founder and CEO, Marriott Abrahams. Hi, Marriott, and welcome to the NutriCast. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. So for those who don't know, what is Kina? Yeah, so Kina is an agile consultancy and platform, and we specialize in personalized nutrition. And we provide insights and tools to develop the next generation of nutrition and health solutions. What inspired you to create this company? Yes, so I have a a history of my whole working career has been in nutrition. So uh, I have a nutrition background. And as I practiced over the years and been in the industry for a number of years, I really saw that there was a gap in providing nutrition expertise in terms of what was happening on the ground and translating that into this technology revolution that we were seeing. And so we decided to really be that nutrition expert, domain expert to um, industry partners. And that's really what inspired me to really offer nutrition or have the opportunity of leveraging technologies to reach more people so that they can live healthier lives. When did you found Kina and and how has the industry, given the, the technology landscape, how has that evolved over the years? Yeah, so we've been in in personalized nutrition, I would say when it was called personalized nutrition around 2012, been in clinical nutrition, you know, all the years before that. And so uh, Kina was really formed or formalized in 2019, but we've really done it, you know, all the time. Uh, We're working in personalized nutrition all the time. And what we've seen over the years, let's say from the start of the personalized nutrition industry, that there's really been you know, a great evolution. There's really been a blurring of lines between industry. We also see more of the incorporation of an importance of behavior change in these solutions. And we see a lot more collaborations between uh, ecosystem partners um, as well. So there's been a a big shift. It's completely changed from what it was, you know, 10 years ago. uh, And we've just been, you know, fortunate to, to see it all unfold. You mentioned the blurring of lines. How so? Yeah, I mean, initially, clinical nutrition, I would say, was very separate from from kind of wellness, health promotion. You need to be very specialized in the area. You need to know that what you are saying and the advice that you're given is is scientifically correct and ethical and it's accurate. And now we are seeing more and more people taking charge of their own health. And so we have this blurring of lines between prevention all the way to kind of medical nutrition. So people are starting to self-track, self-monitor, self-manage, and all with digital tools as well. And that's where we see the blurring of lines, not only between, you know, prevention and medical nutrition, but also in terms of 
the power of food as a key uh, denominator or a key pillar um, in terms of health as well. So this, this food of medicine mm-hmm. kind of concept where there, there's a blurring line between those as well. What sort of scientific advances are driving these new innovations? Yeah, I mean, over the years, I would say in, in the beginning, um, there was a lot on, you know, DNA, um, testing, sequencing. Um, and now what we're really seeing is an evolution of that. So we do have the advances in the very high tech, uh, but we also see evolution of how healthcare is delivered. So the personalized nutrition evolution, uh, the growth of the market is very much driven by advances in personalized health. Yeah. So basically what we are seeing is that this role of technology is getting bigger and we are seeing healthcare being delivered more remotely as well, especially with the, you know, the COVID pandemic. And we're seeing those scientific advances in that delivering a hybrid kind of care model has got opportunities as well. And so we're learning more about you know, the, the power of food, what is in food and, and your food is data. And therefore, how does that help to improve your immune system, help to, you know, improve your health overall longevity. And so food is not just about calories, you know, food is more than that. Food is more in terms of how it can drive, you know, better health um, as well. And so those scientific advances, nutrition was always seen as more of a soft science, but now it's definitely taken center stage as a hard science that really can impact health outcomes. I think in recent years, it's definitely been more legitimized. Um, And there's so many opportunities now and so many facets to personalized nutrition. What areas excite you the most? You know, I think what excites me the most is this opportunity of using AI and machine learning in terms of how we help people live healthier lives. Because helping to change people's behavior is incredibly, incredibly difficult. And so you need to really understand what makes them make certain decisions, uh, what makes them, you know, tick. And so you need to have a lot of different data points to be able to help someone to get the right message so that that message and the information that you want to relay really speaks to them in their own language and helps them to drive them to action, yeah? drives them to want to make those behavior changes. And I, th- I don't think we are there yet. Uh, and so I feel that with AI and machine learning, we can save a lot of time in understanding what are these patterns that can help us get a deeper insight into the emotional, you know, levers or or, or the physiological levers that help us to personalize that advice a lot more. Um, We are not there yet, but I think that is the most exciting part because I know from practice that that is incredibly difficult. When do you think we'll get there? Do you have any predictions? You know, I think if you asked me that 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, we'll get there really quickly, but actually it didn't happen. And so now I'm thinking at the rate that we are seeing, you know, the clinical studies come out now, the interest and the awareness of companies and these consortia coming out now, I think we're going to get there faster now. So I'm a lot more optimistic now. And I think, you know, if, if I had to put a number on it, I would say maybe five to 10 years is probably realistic that we'll have a much better view. But I think it's one of these areas where humans are complex. And so Will we ever get to 100% accuracy? I, I, I doubt that, but I do feel that we will get closer into helping people where they are at with the right information, and that is possible. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, awareness is definitely driving that. And one population I think is especially interested in personalized nutrition is athletes, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not just, you know, the interest in uh, nutrition, because it's all about, you know, performing better, it's all about, you know, a holistic approach, but they are also a very, very motivated group. So you don't have to, you know, convince people or educate that yeah. much about the importance of food and the importance of sleep and the importance of hydration, you and that, you know, that, that kind of a more, um, I, I would say, objective approach, because they are already there. But those are not necessarily the ones that need the help the most. You know, we need to be finding the right ways to communicate, involve, inspire the ones that do not make that connection between food and health and nutrition just yet. But athletes are definitely, you know, a very interesting group. I think they are motivated. And I think we are also just only at the beginning of personalized nutrition for athletes. Yeah. And there's definitely that compliance factor that you mentioned. Right. Kina has worked with a lot of startups and established companies to develop personalized nutrition products. Yeah. Are there any examples, uh, any stories that you can share? Yeah, you know, we, we've been lucky to have such a, a wide variety of, of projects that, that we've worked on. I, I can give some examples. So we worked with companies, for example, in, in uh, nutritional supplement companies, which really drive more, uh, I would say, personalization. So it's not just your generic, you know, pull in a pack. It's more looking at uh, what are the lifestyle factors that also contribute, uh, what the dietary intake is. We also work with ingredient companies. So looking more at how can ingredients be incorporated into a personalized uh, nutrition plan and how can we prove effectiveness of that. Uh, we've also worked with a pharma company looking at, you know, the, the importance of a lifestyle approach and incorporating that personalized nutrition aspect um, to help a very difficult group to adhere better to dietary and lifestyle recommendations. And we've also worked with a retail, or we call it a smart eating uh, uh, startups that really help more on the, on the retail side. So helping consumers to choose better products or find meals, recipes uh, that match their, their own and their family's profile better. So we've really explored. And of course, over the years, uh, the requests that we get are very varied. And of course, because it's new, you know, people are, are willing to try it out. And I think that's where, where really we, I would say, shine because we understand the consumer, we understand consumer behavior, we understand and know healthcare professional um, behavior. Uh, and so we can bring that into the recommendations or, you know, the, the product or the solution um, that a company is developing. So, so we are really, you know, merging and bridging that gap between what is in the science, but actually what is actionable as well. And so also what is ethical. And I think that is very important to, for companies to be closer to the end user. And that is what, you know, what was missing a lot of the time as well. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing all this firsthand. Where are manufacturers and ingredient companies falling short when it comes to addressing personalized nutrition? Yeah, I think I think when it comes to manufacturers and ingredient companies, because they are uh, generally removed from, from the end user, it is very, very important because of technology that these consumer behaviors are, are shifting very rapidly. 
And so it's very important for manufacturers to know exactly how are, you know, the ingredients or their products used in everyday lives of their customers or consumers. And really that there needs to be a digital component. So digital is now so ingrained in our, our all our lives that it's almost unthinkable that, you know, when it comes to personalized nutrition uh, or personalization, that that shouldn't be factored in as well. So really manufacturers and ingredient companies should think about, you know, digital, how can they incorporate digital? How can they, you know, increase collaboration maybe with other companies as well that are offering some of these um, digital solutions? And also, what we've seen over the years, uh, like I mentioned, is this, this concept of behavior change. And, I, and I, what I see a lot as well is that companies are looking at still their ingredient or their product as just a product. You know, just buy the product, we do the marketing, and then we sell it. But we are living in a different era now where consumers are looking for solutions. So they are looking for the product, but they're looking at how does this fit into my lifestyle? What else can you uh, help me uh, to help change my behavior and fit this product um, you know, into that? And so I really think that there's a bigger opportunity for manufacturers and ingredient companies to really get close to their, their, their customers and really understand what they are thinking, why they are making certain choices, uh, and also how does digital integrate into their lives and how, you know, how they find uh, that information is a very, very key component. Yeah. And when you try to talk to these companies about this, I mean, are they open-minded about it? Yeah, that's, that's interesting because what we've seen is that companies are really um, at different stages. Yeah. So in some cases, you have some companies that really run with it and they, 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 they get that this is the future. It's, it's not really negotiable that personalized nutrition is the future. In other companies, there's a lot of, I would say, resistance in terms of uh, how things were done usually. So while there's a uh, an uh, appreciation that personalized nutrition is the future, everything else in the business is still business as usual. And of course, when it comes to personalized nutrition, you really need to rethink, you know, not only your structure, but how, you know, how you do maybe market research and how, how your teams are structured, you know, how does digital feature into, how, you know, you, the feedback to the customer. And so some companies are really good at that and other companies really need a higher level of, I would say, convincing uh, need more C-suite, you know, engagement and understanding of, about what personalized nutrition is, where it is, is heading and why it's so important. Uh, and so we definitely see, you know, everything across the spectrum, I would say. So we have solutions that fit into wherever, uh, whatever stage a company is, is at. But I think from our experience, it, it takes longer than maybe it looks like online and, and people really need to adjust, um, you know, how, how they do things. It's, it's not generally business as usual. Okay. And so this digital component, um, it, can a company survive without a digital component at this point? I think the way to answer that question is if you're not going to do it in-house, you need to do it with somebody else who's good at that. But okay. not having some kind of a component is not really possible. I, I don't think that it's possible because, you know, consumers are in, in charge and, and they're just going to be more in charge. You know, we are moving now into, you know, this, this web 3.0 where consumers will have access to their data. They will hold their own data. And so they will decide who they share that data with or who they want to have access to their data. And so we, privacy is still a, a very 
big issue uh, and it will become even bigger. And so if there is no digital component, then you will lose the consumer because you won't be seen as relevant to your consumer group. Yeah, you won't be seen as relevant. You won't be seen like being on trend, for example, uh, and you won't be able to get those insights as close to real life as possible through doing it the traditional way. So I don't think it is possible. I don't either, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. No, it's good. <laughs> um, so you keep mentioning the consumer and I'm just curious through your market research, what are you seeing? What do consumers want the most? What are some of the yeah. things that they're asking for and what are some of the things that they expect? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's that's really, really shifted because I think there's a common misconception that everybody you know, personalized nutrition is all about the testing. It's all about the, you know, the high tech things. But actually, the majority of the consumers, they really want to know what's in their food. So they want to find information. Yeah. They want to be educated in terms of how does that, you know, help me towards my health goals? What impact does this have on my body? And how does how does this fit into my life? I would say the and how, kind of how do you prove how can you prove, how can you show me that this actually works for me? And so we are really in this new era where consumers want to have access and they want to decide for themselves whether it fits or matches their values and their beliefs themselves. They don't want to be told, you know, this is good for you. They don't want to be told this will do this for your body. They want to see proof. And that has definitely, you know, shifted over the years. So consumers are definitely doing their research and they are doing it much um, longer and they are doing it much deeper. So the shift that I've seen over the last 10 years for sure is that consumers are definitely wanting to see scientific studies. You know, they are reading them. They are challenging companies. They are, you know, asking us about it. And so there's definitely a shift in the mindset of consumers in that they are I would say more distrusting and they are more um, researching, you know, more curious. Um, and I think that's definitely, you know, a shift that we are seeing. So they want solutions that are easy. They are actionable. They are effective. They are safe. They are transparent and they protect their privacy. That's a quick rundown. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good one. That's a lot of great stuff for everybody who's listening to keep in mind. Yeah. And before I let you go, what is next for you? Do you have any company updates or new research or news that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, so we have at the moment our, of course, our Kina platform. And so we are now at a stage where we've uh, got over 500 companies on the Kina platform that are all, you know, curated. Uh, it's easy to navigate the platform. But we are also launching a new tool, which will be called Kina Ver. And this will really help companies to access deeper and actionable insights. And we use uh, natural language processing and machine learning and, and layer that with our own domain expertise to kind of make sense of what consumers are saying, what they are doing, how they are behaving, as well as, you know, healthcare professional research that we do. So we use this new tool as part of a mixed methodology tool where we help companies to gather those deeper insights so that they don't waste, you know, resources on, on developing something that consumers don't want or, or need or has no health impact as well. And then we are also looking at 
the Alkina score. Uh, so Alkina score is how we grade companies A, B, C, D. Um, and that is really helps um, as, a, as a way to not only navigate um, the industry, but it also uses 10 different criteria to balance kind of the, the quality of a, a solution. Yeah? So we're not only just looking at scientific expertise, we're looking at the wider impact of you know, society on health outcomes, for example. And so we are looking at validating the, the Kina score now as well. And so those are three exciting things that we have coming up. That is exciting. What has been the reaction from the companies that you work with? Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because we thought maybe initially that the platform would be used kind of to keep track on the market itself. But actually, we've had such a great response from companies who are actually in this kind of awareness phase, like I say, exploration phase to see who's in the industry, uh, you know, who's connecting with who. So they are using it really to find ecosystem partners, um, maybe also using it to to find companies to invest in. And they are really looking at comparing companies within the different segments as well. So it's really been interesting for us also to learn how and, and why they are using the platform. Yeah, so it sounds like it, it kind of took on a life of its own. Correct, <laughs> correct. Like, I, I think like many tech companies, <laughs> you, you, you learn you learn as you go along. <laughs> Kina founder and CEO, Marriott Abrahams. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Thank you, Danielle. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.